0: Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. And we're going to talk you through the plot of each book. But more accurately, take you on tangent trips, factoid phrase, and say, well, actually, as much as possible.
1: Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month, and we'll take you
0: along on our mission. And we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to
1: make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army.
0: We're recording. Yay. Yay. <laughs> uh, oh, fuck. Yeah. I'll just oh. I'll I'll apologize right up front for my voice. I've been sick for like two weeks, and I had a tooth pulled. So, I apologize for everything happening in my <laughs> facial area. So your mouth is broken, your entire yep. face. Mm-hmm. Oh, fucking. Yep, as I I told you in gritty detail, which I won't go over here. But yeah, <laughs> everything's broken. <laughs> everything in your life is broken right now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh. <laughs> Much like the Animorphs, everything has gone awry and it never goes right.
1: (laughs) Nope. We're all Mm. on the verge of a mental breakdown. Yeah. Especially the kids.
0: Yeah. The kids are not all right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I. Okay. I just. I kind of want to get into talking about this because I was so interested to hear what you thought over all of this book. So.
1: I was thinking about this yesterday and I kind of wish I hadn't known it was a ghost written book because I think I was convinced that it had a slightly different flavor than normal, but I'm also not sure. Like, I think it it was definitely passable, but like, there's like one or two things about this book that I was kind of like,
0: hmm, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know... I was thinking the same thing. Like, I was like, oh, I shouldn't have told you because I can definitely remember, like, reading through before I knew it was ghostwritten. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember it not being, like, one of my favorite books. And I didn't think it was a standout book. But, like, there was nothing that really that I read it. And I was like, what the fuck happened here? (laughs) Yeah.
1: And the, the other thing I'm telling myself is that, like, just because it's not written by Catherine, it doesn't mean it's not part of the Animorphs canon. Like, this is an Animorphs book. It's 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 legit, you know?
0: Right, and she still provided the outline and everything, so it's, like, right. still her ideas and still her, you know, it's just... I, I mean, I think the only thing that really suffered and really stood out to me now that I know that it's ghostwritten is the interactions between the characters. Like, mm-hmm. something shifted a little bit in those. Yeah. <sighs> I
1: have, I have beef with one of the characters in particular, but I can get into that later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I'm super excited to hear about that, because okay. I have beef with a few of the characters. Okay. And yeah. a few specific interactions mm-hmm. I have beef with as well. Okay. So. Okay. <sighs> so this will be known as a book that we have beefs with. <laughs> it doesn't bode well knowing that at the end of this episode, we have to rate all of the books that we just read. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. <sighs> this is going to be the wackest mix of all time. It's going to be super whack. <laughs> yeah. All right. Shall I start to read?
1: Yes. Before my phone battery dies. And before all right. Your, oh, that's right. <laughs> before your, your plumber comes time. over or your, your repair dude comes over.
0: Yeah. It could be either. Who can tell at this point? Literally everything is breaking. <laughs>
1: everything ever.
0: <laughs> all right. So. <sighs> Marco has a date with Marion, which, by the way, worst fucking name for a child.
1: <laughs> I just kept thinking Maid Marion from Robin Hood.
0: Oh, that's actually better than I thought. I just kept thinking of an old lady with a walker, like, Marion, get me the prunes. Good damn it, Marion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh Um, it is the greatest day ever, and she thinks he knows a lot about classical music and is super manly man, and she wants him now. None of those things are true. Nope. After this, (laughs) we get a quick description about the Animorphs wasting no time, and then a rundown of the Yerk invasion. And that's when the doubt creeps in. What is Marion with the long, dark hair and beautiful, deep eyes and dimples that make Marco want to cry? What if she's a controller? And that's
1: chapter one. So, I... My first guess for this book was going to be that, like, it was going to manifest into a, like, a moral about how the kids can't have a normal life and normal relationships, a la like Spider Man Two. Yeah. But that didn't happen.
0: That didn't. She was <laughs> I had not nothing to worry even, about. She's not even an afterthought here. <laughs> she's a
1: she's a one off joke at Marco's expense.
0: Pretty much, it was just to set up. I think just to set up this next chapter was the only reason that she was included. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So anyways, uh, so the classrooms that normally hold the study classes, study halls are closed because of asbestos. And this, (laughs) when I read it as a child, this rang true with me because this actually happened to me. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Fuck yeah. I do know what it's like to suddenly have to abandon all your classrooms and be in the gymnasium. <laughs> so. It happened
1: at our college too, in the in the art store in the basement.
0: Oh my god, I forgot about that.
1: Yeah, they tore it out and they found a ton of asbestos. Oh
0: no. And we were like,
1: oh this is why we're all insane. <laughs>
0: And then how many times do we make the asbestos muffin joke? When oh, yeah. happened? I'm making muffins as best as I can. <laughs> I feel like we said it every single day for oh, probably that whole year.
1: <laughs> Matt gets really mad when I quote that, that video, and
0: it's a lot. <laughs> I, to quote that video more than I should, um, but no one gets mad. They just don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, yeah. Maybe that's why he's mad. Because he, Cause he, he just, doesn't know. He's not in the loop. He's not part of the cool squad. He doesn't.
0: He just doesn't get it. Nope. <laughs> uh. Anyway. Anyways, yeah, that really resonated with me. I was like, hell yeah, asbestos <laughs> a everywhere. Common lament. Common. Common issue is the asbestos classrooms. Um. So yeah. Anyways, all the kids are playing in the gymnasium. They're letting them like play basketball if they want. Uh. But Gross. a lot of the kids, I know, right. Jake's so, in
1: there.
0: Ugh. Yeah, Jake is in there. But instead of talking to his team, he's like, excuse me, I must go shoot some hoops. <laughs> I need to unwind. <laughs> I need to unwind from your bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so instead, uh, Marco and Cassie, who are kind of like the, the two forefront characters for this book, are mm-hmm. talking, um, which is a little weird, but whatever. Uh, So, they're sitting there, and Cassie goes, how did the date go? And Marco apparently made it past intermission, and then found out he had to go back in, and was considering, like, screaming fire, just like, everybody left, uh, but instead just got so enraged that he fell asleep, and when he woke up, every single person was gone. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Which is just the funniest scenario to me. Oh, God. Um, Yeah. So Cassie then expresses some sympathy, and she's like, "It's okay. She wasn't your type, anyways." Um, but the way she says it makes Marco suspicious, and he's like, "You guys watched her, didn't you?" And Cassie's like, "Well, yeah, we were worried about you." Um, so he's not sure, like, how he feels about this, and then he asks her, like, "You know, she a controller?" And Cassie's like, "No, no, she's not a controller." And Marco's like, "I don't know if that makes it better or worse," mm-hmm. which. I don't- I think it would make it better, right? Better? I I don't
1: I don't know. I don't know know why he was, like, so upset. Because, like, he himself had suspicions and doubts. And, like, this seems like a logical move to, you know, spy on a person that part of your team is involved with.
0: Yeah. And I don't know why they would keep this from it. Like, this whole thing is set up as, like, Jake sent Cassie to talk to me and like Mm -hmm. to tell me this. And one, that was actually really cool because like I liked the aspect of like Jake is still controlling parts of his team and like still using the knowledge he got from like the David era to like to act. But like also, why wouldn't they just say, hey, like we're going to scope her out? Like because Marco was planning on doing the same thing, like Mm -hmm. he wouldn't have been upset with that.
1: Right.
0: I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, um, she's not a controller, and Marco is about to make a snarky comeback, but then they're interrupted by Eric the Chi. Right on time. You called it. Yet again,
1: another Marco book. <laughs> Eric's there.
0: <laughs> you knew he would be here, just like you said.
1: It's almost every single Marco book, except for like the first one.
0: Yeah, before they knew about the Chi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Marco's the Chi whisperer, Chi master. The Chi Master. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Eric showed up to talk. He extends his hologram around them, and he goes, anybody who observes us will think we were talking about the game last night.
1: Ah, <laughs> <And> yes, the <laughs> game of sports ball.
0: <laughs> ah, yes, I love the sports. <laughs> um, yeah, and Marco makes some comment, like, if you just want to talk about the game, then what's with all this secrecy? So I was like, that's a pretty good joke, Marco. I like <laughs> that one. Uh, yeah. So um Eric basically just popped up to tell him that there's like a major Yurk plot going on right now to make Kendrona wa- rays uh, uh, to make satellites ways. to make Kendrona ways the Kendrona way of life. No. To <laughs> oh God, make... that sounds like a cult. <laughs> it it is a cult. It's definitely a cult. <sighs> uh but anyways, um they're going to make giant satellites that bounce Kendrona rays everywhere, I guess. And so the, what what you need to know is that it would basically turn every water source into a yerk pool. So Gross. like, yeah. So that's the problem is that it would make the um, thing that's kind of kept them locked into this one place, which is where they have to go to feed every three days. It would just basically eliminate that issue, which is actually a very smart move on the yerk's part to try and do this.
1: Okay. But like turning every water source into a yerk pool. That's got to be
0: an exaggeration, right?
1: Yeah, cuz I'm thinking like okay, but you if you're going to have human hosts, they need to consume water.
0: So Well, you could still drink the the water, but I guess the yurt could also go into it, but like oh. Also, like what about chlorine? Uh-huh. I don't I I think there's he specifically said every swimming pool would become a yerk pool. So, like, theoretically, I guess you could still (laughs) drink from it.
1: It's a good thing a majority of of people that live on Earth have swimming pools in their residences. Right. (laughs) God.
0: Uh, Well, in Florida, they do. Like, Florida would become the greatest yerk population of all time. Plus, there's all those, like, you know, old people there, although they don't want to infest them. But then they could. Uh I don't know. I think Florida would become a Yerk destination for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mm. Anyway. Yeah, anyways. uh, So they're going to... Kendrona Ray's everywhere, basically. Um, And then Marco says to Eric, you know, man, don't take this personally, but I really don't like you. And so Eric just mocks him for his shitty date. (laughs) (laughs) Like... (laughs) This enlightened chi that expresses only joy and love and everything good and is so enlightened is like yeah, I don't punches like him you. In the, yeah,
1: in the nuts there. Jeez. Right?
0: Right. Well, at least I didn't have a shitty fucking date like you, Marco. You're <laughs> so, <fucking rude. laughs> so mean to him. Oh, Jesus. Oh man. I did really like that. Um, <laughs> Oh, but this next part was my absolute favorite, and it's a total throwaway, is not mentioned again, doesn't fucking matter to the plot of this book, but oh my God. He then says something to Marco, like, she's not your type because she actually has taste in music, and Marco's like, oh, I guess you're a fan of classical music then, huh? And Eric is like, well, yeah, I used to work for Beethoven, and the guy was a real jerk, but his music was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) He says something like it would have made my masters weep, and I was like... No, how how do we end on that note? That's the end of the chapter. How do we just <laughs> stop there? Excuse me, tell me more about Beethoven, please. Oh
1: god. I thought he was gonna make a reference to uh the Beethoven movies with the dog. Which <gasps> you know, like that would very nineties movies, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, Would have been a perfect segue. That would have been so smart. It would have been. And this, like, this movie is so perfectly set up for that because then they could have segued into Balto and then, you know, sled dogs. Come on. Frickin'
1: all the dogs of the 90s.
0: All the dogs. Bring them all in. Airbud. Fuck yeah. They're playing basketball in the gymnasium. (laughs) Let's make this a dog land.
1: Perfect. Oh, my God. Handed that to you on a silver platter. Whoever
0: wrote this. (laughs) This was to be when the ghostwriter took over because... K.A. Applegate was like, uh, dog movies? Dog movies, anyone? And he was like, we're not doing dog movies. <laughs> Listen, Applegate, we're not we're not going to talk about 90s dogs, okay? <laughs> but that's what I want. I know, she was like, I just want to talk about dogs right now. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> God. Uh, <sighs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: There's also a um, throwaway mention about Tobias uh, Marco being jealous of Tobias, like being a peeping tom on Marion. Oh yeah, I I was, I, yeah. <laughs> I was right, like Tobias would never do such a thing.
0: Yeah, it's established he would never do such a thing. Yes, I okay. I brought I, up a point about that later, and I'll I'll I'm gonna bring it up with you later because cool. I I was so upset about a few things like this one. I glossed over. I was like okay still mention it but then later i'm like no this guy he's (laughs) facetious anyways yeah um so we cut to the barn as always um oh roscoe's whining behind me oh baby roscoe no you can't talk this i know you're mad about the dogs but (laughs) it has to stop anyways Yeah. So, anyways, they they meet back in the barn uh, to discuss the mission as always. And Marco gives us at this point a more detailed view of the team members, and I only wrote down the highlights, which to me were his description of Axe, um, which was just weird, and like him talking about how Axe talks funny in his human, like whenever he's human, he like sounds out the words, and he is the only one that thinks that's that's amusing. Um, Him talking about how everybody respects Jake, except for Marco, because he once saw Jake blow chunks for an hour after eating an entire blueberry pie on a bet. um, And then, of course, calling Rachel a psycho babe, but in a good way. All right. Yeah. And also Eric is there. That's literally my next note is just also Eric is there. <laughs> Eric tells them that Visitor 3 has a new feeding ground near them and will be feeding there tomorrow before being taken to view this new site. They'll decide to go with some meter of hesitation, is what I wrote. <laughs> and then Marco says there might be an issue with them missing that much school, and Eric volunteers that the Chi will cover for them. So, again, the Chi are going to cover for them. That's... Moderately problematic. I mean...
1: I don't know. Yeah, I was trying to think if that was going to actually be good. Would they be able well, they, to pl- I mean they they've been living on earth for thousands of years and like they they could probably do a passable human better than Axe as Jake.
0: Yeah, and they've done it before. Like not for this period of time, but like they they did it. Uh-huh. I can't remember what book, but they did it before. It's probably fine. It's probably fine. It's probably one of Marco's last books. They did it before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um this beginning is really like fast paced too like but i
1: f- I feel like, I feel, the, like I feel like the um the exposition was very drawn out like i feel like it's usually wrapped up within the first or the second chapter but we're on like chapter three and marco's still like describing things
0: yeah they it's like they skipped the describing the team in chapter one mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden chapter three they're like wait wait a minute, we missed it. Gotta do it again. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, This next chapter, again, it's chapter four, and it's super short, and it's literally like, the kids morph and head out as birds of prey. They fly towards the meadow, taking turns using the thermals coming off the highway. Tobias spots the meadow, and he's like, there's Vizzer 3. And they're like, okay, let's go in one at a time. Five minute intervals to avoid suspicion. How long is he fucking there feeding? I don't know. Well, we're, we're now at half an hour, right? To yeah. get these kids in. Like, okay. So they make it in. The next chapter is Marco made it. And we assume the others did too because Marco just starts morphing Fly. And they meet up, wasting another half hour to meet up mm-hmm. after the morph. Yeah. So we're now at like an hour and ten minutes into this mission. And Wizard 3 is still feeding? <laughs> like I don't know, this timeline's just a little wacky. Ugh. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. Here. Okay. So here is my first big moment of like I don't know if about this. Um. Jake just casually asks Axe where to sneak up on an Andalite, and Axe just goes, "Oh, from below." I mean. I feel like Axe would have been like it is near on impossible to sneak up on an andalite. But if one were to do so, yeah. then it might be like Yeah. This was the first time that was weird. Uh-huh. I, yeah, I
1: didn't necessarily notice that, but yeah, now that you mention it, that's really weird. Yeah. He would have taken it's... a moment to like brag a little bit to be like, "Oh yeah, andalites, uh, we can see everything all the time."
0: Yeah. And I mean, part of it might just be like that they're just getting more used to each other, and, like, so Axe doesn't feel the need to do that, but it, it I don't know. It just, I didn't buy <laughs> it.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting.
0: Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, their whole plan is to fly low to the ground to wait until visitor 3 runs over top of them, and then to fly up and cling to his belly. <laughs> Gross. Uh They're vaguely following him around. Like, they can't keep up, but they can, like, kind of see a blue blob (laughs) running around.
1: (laughs) I have this vision of Visitor 3 just doing, like, rows throughout the thing. Like, if you were, like, mowing a lawn or something. Yeah, going up and down in, like, straight lines.
0: (laughs) That's, like, exactly what a yerk would do, though, right? (laughs) So methodical. (laughs) Yeah. God. Oh,
1: man. Here's the question, though. When andalites eat grass... Are they just absorbing the nutrients, or are they, like, physically tearing up the grass? Like, is the grass getting shorter as he's running around?
0: I feel, like, I think they actually have to, like, crush it to absorb the nutrients. So it would be getting shorter, but only because it's being trampled down. Gotcha. Yeah. Hmm. So... I don't think it would be, like, noticeably, like, you would suddenly see, like, the grass was, like, a half inch shorter everywhere he okay. had gone. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah, so, I don't know. He's mowing the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> They're, like, vaguely following him around, so they can't really see him, but, um, there's this moment where Marco's, like, we'll run into him if he switches directions now, and then he, like, does... And Marco manages to kind of get under him, and he says he flew out towards his stomach and then pulled a Shannon Miller move. And so, my first question for you is Who is Shannon Miller again?
1: I don't know.
0: Another gymnast?
1: I could ask Siri, but Siri won't know. Oh, yeah,
0: gymnast. Okay. I feel like this was the same gymnast that was brought up in the earlier book. Yeah, I kind of. Yeah, it sounded familiar. Anyway. Okay. I can't confirm that, but I'm I thought it was the same one when I read it. <laughs> Anyways, uh so yeah, Marco lands on his stomach and like just kinda right away, Visor 3 is like, Alright, time to pack up, let's get on the ship. Ooh. Like an hour and fifteen minutes was good enough. <laughs> I have a quick note. Yes.
1: So, um, before Marco hits the target, um mm-hmm. there's a point where he thinks viscer three is swatting at him. And then he realizes that viscer three was just scratching his ass. Yeah. I distinctly remember reading that as a child. Really? The line, he was scratching his butt. I read that as a child, but I cannot for the life of me figure out how I would have read that because I only had book three and then like book 42. It's one of Rachel's books. So I don't know. I must've read this book. Or like an excerpt of it. So I had a little mind fuck there.
0: That's crazy.
1: Yeah, I distinctly like, remember that line.
0: Did like one of your friends read it and you like looked over their shoulder and just saw that part? I
1: don't know. Or maybe I got it from the library or something. I I, I have no idea. And like That's I, crazy. And because I remembered that line, I thought it was in the other Rachel book that I had. Uh-huh. But I, I don't know. I was having some creepy deja vu. There's one other line later that, that I also remember reading. So I must have read this book. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's, that's crazy. It's wonky-tonk. Anyway. I mean, I've read this book, and I don't remember that line at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And, like, also in this book, just since we're talking about Visitor 3, every time we like, see him, he's always, like, trotting or running. Like, he just presents this very, like, dainty feel in this book that we have not gotten in any of the other books. <laughs> I don't know. He just seems really, like, jazz to be here. <laughs> little twinkle toes. He is little twinkle toes in this book. <laughs> he's not stopping his little hooves. No, he's just trotting around, having a good day. <laughs> I don't know. Um... But yeah. Anyways, they get on the ship. They're all on Visor Three somehow. A Taxon starts talking Gallard, um, and then they the guys just basically relating the uh, departure and arrival times. And so then Axe goes, "Oh no, our trip is going to be three hours or so." Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, the next chapter is just all about like banter. They're still on Visor Three, trying to figure out what to do about their morphs when the Bug Fighter docks to the Blade ships. Um, so what they're trying to discern is uh Ooh, wait hang on there we go, sorry, had to, <laughs> had to flip the page they're trying to discern what the taxons are saying and they're having issues but they have no issues with Visor 3s booming thought speech that he's still screaming about and he asks loudly how the venbers are and Axe gets excited but of course no one else knows what that is and they're like Axe what is it and like he's dodging that question? Yeah! But okay. Mm. I mean, it, I, I guess it's hard to explain, like, oh, they're an extinct species that we haven't seen in forever. But I don't know. You
1: just summed it up perfectly. Like, why couldn't he
0: just say that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. They're an extinct species that we thought were wiped out. So it would be impossible, right? Yeah. And then we move on. <laughs> yeah, just
1: literally a sentence.
0: <laughs> yeah. Fuck, whatever. I feel like this guy read select books animorphs books uh-huh. and didn't quite get it some of these feel like they're directly out of notes about character relationships like yeah they just copy pasted the relationship notes from catherine
1: <laughs> and honestly like i'll just say it now axe was the most out of character for me throughout this entire book yeah i was like you are not my son what if you- <laughs> what did you do to my boy this is an axe this is some
0: imposter fool anyway who did you think was the most in character then
1: uh that's a good question um i don't know rachel maybe i don't know
0: even she has that moment though later on where marco mocks her and tobias and they said something like oh you're something super out of like vocabulary for marco where he says something like oh that's easy to say hiding in your honey's fur yeah and then like rachel's like what and that's it that's all she says and i'm like no rachel probably would have like charged him and bit him or something yeah
1: like knocked him over or something
0: yeah but otherwise yeah i agree she was most in character there's only that one moment yeah I think she is, because I think Jake had a few more moments where I'm like, ooh, that's totally not like Jake. And then Cassie has a big moment where it's like, that's not Cassie. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But again, I it's so tainted. When I didn't know, none of these things stuck out to me yeah. like, as brightly as they did uh-huh. now. So that's, you know, everything I say with a grain of salt, as sure. always. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Anyways, uh so they are in Vizier 3's personal quarters on the blade ship and they find out that Vizier 3 has been collecting torture devices and somehow he's managed to collect an iron maiden. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> <Whenever. laughs> and just has it hanging on the wall. It's a human-sized torture device like <laughs>
1: That, I think that was another moment I was kind of like, okay, sure. Like, that just seems like such a, you know, cookie cutter kind of villain cartoon move,
0: you know? Yeah. And also, I may need to correct this later, but I don't think Iron Manes were, like, actually a torture device used in medieval time periods. I think that was, like, one of those, like, myth turned into, like, legend kind of a thing. He, like, raided a medieval times, basically. <laughs>
1: Uh, it's just some shitty like knockoff iron Maiden.
0: exactly it was like made of cardboard strips and like has been hanging there for years kind of a thing
1: i like to imagine that he would have cat posters everywhere
0: okay that's way better (laughs) i want to think that like right above the console he was working on there's one of those hang in there posters okay this is better we've already fixed this this is way better yep (laughs) um yeah and so the animorphs go to the first of their shitty fucking plans like oh god they need to demorph and so they're they're like plan a they're trying to figure out blah 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 plan b irritate the shit out of visor three <laughs> so like they get X to imitate him and he bellows for a guard so a guard comes in it startles visor three and he's like what the fuck get out of here <laughs> so that guard leaves
1: <laughs> get out of here i was watching cat videos
0: I know. I was watching my my cat YouTube videos. And then, like, so he leaves. Axe calls in a second guard, which enrages Wizard 3. He's like, what the fuck? Get out. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so they're like, all right, Axe, third time should do it. So the third time, Axe pretends to be Wizard 3, calls in a guard. They send in two this time, and Wizard 3 just loses his shit. He beheads one of them and knocks out another guard and then just runs out of the room. <laughs> and they're like... All right, guys, let's demorph and remorph as fast as possible. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, that's their plan, which is not any worse or better than any other hairbrain scheme the Animorphs have come up with. It was just very funny. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, <sighs> so. And then the taxon yeah. eats itself, and that's disgusting
0: yeah like so they're demorphing and jake says take two deep breaths then morph back and so they're morphing back to fly and for whatever reason marco and axe are like running behind everyone else so this taxon comes in to eat the hork about part way through and it spots marco and it's like what the fuck and then it spots axe and that's when it starts like backing away trying to get out and axe still has his tail blade so he cuts it to kill it and the taxon just turns on itself and starts eating itself That's as it's dying. Oh, so gross. It, this was the part where I was like, yes. The, like, whoever this ghostwriter is, he got taxons down to a T. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was very good at taxons. <laughs> it's the yeah. first of a
1: couple it's... really horrifying moments in this book.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. This was like, this was one of the darker books but it doesn't read that way yeah but yeah so taxon backs out of there and uh jake orders him to get up to the ceiling to get away and sure enough within a few minutes the visitor is trotting around again <laughs> running on his dainty little toes It's from
1: all that grass he ate it gave him so much energy
0: it must have been uh, early morning period time because that's when the grass has the most sugar. Is like right around like ten to eleven <laughs> he's o'clock. On a sugar high. That's why he's, he's on running. a sugar high right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. Oh
1: my God. I love that, uh,
0: and that's a fact. You can look that sugar fact up. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, he's on a sugar hide trotting around the hallways, like, Andalite bandalites are here.
1: He's <laughs> like, waving his arms
0: around. That's, yeah, when I was doing that, I was, like, rocking my shoulders, like, <laughs> all excited. <laughs> I'm glad you could hear that. <laughs> oh, uh, God. Yeah, so he's, like, super excited. He's like, they won't get away from me this time. Like, <laughs> all pumped. And, um... Meanwhile, the 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 animorphs are looking at um, these lights that they have, like, running down the ceiling. And Axe quickly explains that, like, yeah, it's to, like, guide you. So, like, Red goes to the control room. Blue goes to the cargo bay. Blah, blah, blah. And Jake says, okay, which one? Like, we want to go to the cargo bay. And Axe is like, I can't really tell in this morph. And Jake just goes, Axe, pick one. Yeah, he screams like, at him. Yeah. What the fuck? Out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. And Marco like s- makes a
1: point to be like, oh, Jake never yells. And I'm like, yeah, Jake yeah. never
0: yells. Yeah, Jake never does yell. He didn't Come even yell on. at David.
1: Like, maybe he yelled at Ever. David. But he never fucking yells.
0: Yeah. So it was, like, very weird to see him, like, lose it like that in that moment. But again and and like this isn't any more stressful than any one of a thousand situations they've already been in so
1: he just gets like kind of i mean he definitely gets grumpy we've seen that but yeah
0: he never yells yeah these are like the (laughs) angromorphs. Yeah, yeah it was weird um but Axe just chooses one, and off they go. And Axe chose the right one. They end up in the cargo bay. Yay. That was literally it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they made, like, a big deal out of nothing.
0: They did. It was a huge deal. that it just, like, went away. Whatever. Um, but, yeah, then they get to the cargo bay, and they're all like, we refuse to die as bugs. And so they all demorph. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, okay. All right. Um, so they're, like, in the cargo bay just looking around and Marco's like, Marco has this moment where he's looking at all of them and he's like, they're all showing stress because like, you know, Jake's clenching his jaw Rachel's smiling (laughs) she's so pumped (laughs) Cassie looks sad (laughs) and uh, as he's looking at all of them, he kind of sees behind them and notices these large cylindrical tubes containing some sort of silvery alien with red and midnight blue slashes across them and Marco went up to touch one of the cylinders, but as he got close to it, his fingers started to go numb. So he didn't touch it. Uh, <laughs> and that's about the time the ship started to descend. And Axe is like, oh no, the ship is descending. And it's like, okay, battle morphs everybody. And by the time it's landed, they're all morphed and the hatch to the cargo bay doors open and there's like a shit ton of hork and then visor 3 walks out. Um, this is... A fucking brutal battle scene that is about to occur, and it is so quick. Mm
1: -hmm. It's,
0: like, fucking horrendous. So, um, Visitor 3 is descending upon them, mocking them, of course, while the team is desperately searching for plan B. And Marco's like, I thought I remembered there was a fourth door behind us. So he's like, Axe, check it out. So Axe, you know, turns his stock eyes around, and he goes, yeah, there's a door behind us. So Jake goes, okay, Rachel, the next time Visor 3 talks, charge the cylinder and we're all just going to get into this crazy battle because they can't shoot anything in here because there's these big, you know, cylindrical tubes containing an alien. So, like, we can try to, like, fight our way out this back door. <laughs> They're Like, okay, so Visor 3 starts to go on and Rachel charges this giant glass-looking cylinder and, like, kind of bounces off of it the first time. And we cut between what Rachel's doing and what everybody else is doing. So Axe is telling Marco to get to that panel and just punch through it, basically. So he does. Um, Cassie is joined the battle, but then immediately kind of gets taken out. They see her body flying across the cargo hold, and she is just covered in blood and unconscious. Rachel charges the cylinder a second time, and this time it cracks, and some of the fog is starting to come out. Jake is getting buried in hork and Axe is in a battle with some hork and looks at Marco and says, pull the cover off the panel. And so Marco does, and he tells Marco he's got to squeeze an internal trigger. And at this point, Rachel charges the cylinder a third time, and it shatters, and the mist comes dropping out of the tube, God. and it freezes everything it touches. So like the hork are just turned into stone gargoyles. Um, it hits Rachel, but her fur ices over because her morph was built to withstand some of the cold weather. It doesn't immediately affect her. Marco finally gets this back door open and Tobias and Jake bail the others following. Cassie's completely unconscious though. So Rachel walks up to her as the grizzly bear picks Cassie up in her mouth, but she has to walk through some of the fog to get to Cassie. So her foot freezes to the floor. And she literally just shatters it Uh, and keeps walking on three legs. Yeah, leaving her frozen stump to the floor. How many
1: fucking appendages has she lost? So many. Oh,
0: my God. So many. And Marco's been eviscerated so many times. Like, yeah. Ouch. Yeah. So, and then the last, like... Scene of this battle is Rachel walking out like hobbling on three legs with Cassie in her mouth and she just kind of like tumbles out of the spacecraft. Yeah. <gasps> brutal. It's brutal. Like it's just crazy. This was one of the darkest battles like we've seen. Yeah. But it was like also five pages. Like mm-hmm. it was nothing. Um yeah. So, anyways, that was really good. Like, whoever this ghostwriter is, does do like that dark side of the animorphs pretty well.
1: Oh yeah, but... and there are many more scenes to come.
0: Yeah. Ugh. Tune in next week. <laughs> Just kidding. We're doing it now. Yeah. Don't be ridiculous.
1: <laughs> hold on to your butts. Oh,
0: um, hold on to your butts. Um, so everybody landed in a huge pile on the frozen ground, and the bladeship is rising away from them, and Marco's speculating that he can practically hear Vizzer 3 screaming, no, go down, go down, but it kept rising. Um, Marco is trapped under everybody, I guess he was, like, the first one out, which makes sense, he pulled the panel, he did the whole door thing, I get it, um, but his gorilla chest, which is just skin, is freezing to the ice below him. (sighs) Yeah, and he's like, I can't move until everybody else does, because they're all piled on top of me.
1: Um, <laughs> I'm being crushed by a grizzly, a tiger, a wolf. <laughs> and a light. Yeah.
0: yeah. Jesus, He's literally like, get off me! <laughs> um, <clears throat> Cassie does start to wake up at this point, and Rachel starts to demorph because like, she's got to fix her stump leg issue. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets back to human and within seconds she's freezing so she's like surrounded by like everybody else kind of in their their battle morphs or as themselves and she's like just immediately starting to die but (laughs) then Tobias just passes out because his bird body can stand the cold way less than Rachel even can so she like picks him up and like Bear hugs him and then morphs to bear.
1: <laughs> I wrote that too. I wrote Tobias gets a bear hug.
0: He does Aww. in every possible way one can get a bear hug. Aww. <laughs> so yeah, that was adorable. She like she just picks him up and literally like morphs around him while holding that's him to try so and keep cute. him warm. It's it is adorable. Aww. So that's yeah. I liked that. Anyways, um <laughs> They determine they're not in Hawaii. No shit! <laughs> I think Marco also crosses out the Caribbean pretty quickly as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um, so Tobias and Axe do not have cold weather morphs. This is a problem. Um, so Jake has a pretty good idea. He orders them to go to flee and hide in Rachel's fur. And so they do. It's great. It's warm. They're happy. They get to drink blood. It's all wonderful for them. (laughs) And then Jake's like, we got to get out of here. And so a tiger, a bear, a wolf, and a gorilla go running across this frozen tundra wasteland. And Marco is not doing well because as he's pointed out before they started this whole running adventure, he was... He's built for, like, sweaty, sticky forest. He's not built for cold weather. Gorillas are not built for cold weather. Um, So, yeah, his knuckles are scraped bloody. His chest had all the skin pulled off on the ice, so it's, like, frozen over in this pink blood ice on his chest. Mm. Um, And he starts to go into shock very quickly, and no one's really noticing at first because Marco's just, like, in this narrative in his own head. He's not really talking. Um, But, like, his thoughts, like, start to run together and get, like, crazier and crazier. And then finally, Jake spots an area where he's like, we could go try to get in there and hide and morph. But Marco is completely delirious at that point and, like, starts to lay down because he's tired. And Jake's like, you got to morph out, you got to morph out. They realize he's in shock. So this chapter, Marco kind of blacks out. And then in the next chapter, he wakes up having been slammed in the face, and he's got a mouth full of, like, loose teeth and blood everywhere, which I really related with this week. Yeah. This, was- oh, no. <laughs> this is, like, a personal assault on me this week. Oh. Um, and he just kind of, like, wakes up and was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and Rachel's like, I'm saving your life. And he's like, try the gentler approach next time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's no so gentle approach Rio. with Rachel.
0: <laughs> she she just literally like took her grizzly paw and just slammed his face. Which, by the way, Rachel, like, why would you give him a head injury on top of? <laughs> He's
1: already else? not having a great time.
0: <clears throat> He's already like losing his shit, and she just like takes her paw and smashes his face, like he says directly on his nose. Like she just punched him square in the face. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Um, but it worked. So hey. Um, he starts to demorph slowly and, uh, like spitting out his broken teeth and, uh, he quickly makes it back to, well, slowly at first, but then quickly makes it back to his human self in bike shorts and it is freezing fucking cold. So he then goes to Wolf, which is a relief, but still they're not quite built for this level of cold. Mm -hmm. So they are still slowly freezing to death. Um, Rachel follows suit. She's going to go from grizzly to wolf. And this is this next moment that, like, really kind of weirded me out. Tobias and Axe, she says, just stay on me while I morph. And they're fleas, so, like, they can't see anything. And Tobias points it out. He's like, we're fleas. What are we going to see anyways? And it's like, (coughs) I don't, like, this was another weird moment for me because they are so, like, concerned with this sort of thing it especially after tobias's talk in his last book about like being a peeping tom and everything Mm -hmm. this just seemed weird yeah it was a
1: weird comment yeah Ugh. whatever
0: yeah so this and then the other one about him like you know spying on marion i'm like what the fuck it was weird But yeah, um, she morphs to wolf, and they, I guess, stay on her while she morphs, and it's all fine. Um, And then they hear crunching and pinging, and they're like, what the fuck? That's weird. So they look out of their little, like, alcove area where they've been hiding and morphing, and they see these giant silvery skier monsters with, like, hammerhead shark heads. And where their elbows are, their forearms split out into two different arms. And also, they're holding massive guns. Hooray! <laughs> Hooray! And uh, they also seem to be using advanced echolocation to locate things in the snow. And it can actually determine, like, not just... um kind of like the line drawing stuff that they describe like other animals, earth animals with echolocation (laughs) have. But they can pinpoint exactly where the Animorphs are, even hidden amongst the rocks and things. Weird. So it seems like a pretty advanced echolocation. Yeah. Yeah. So they're looking at these guys. They're like, ah, Venber. So cool. And then one fires a gun and it blows (laughs) up like a fucking giant area.
1: God, it's like a Draken RPG.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's also just ridiculous. These are the worst shots ever. Like these are like stormtrooper level <laughs> shots from these guys. <laughs> oh boy. Uh it's just bad. Um yeah, it turns out they're they're toning around massive Draken cannons, which Axe says are like used to to like fire on military bases from outer space. <laughs> Who needs accuracy when you got fucking hard to
1: avoid area (laughs) attack
0: exactly (laughs) yeah this is just fucking weird as shit um either way they take off running because they just have to get out of this fucking area and uh wolf turned out to be the perfect morph for this scenario because of their endurance Mm -hmm. they can run and run and run and run and um they keep Going, but at the like towards the end of their two-hour limit, they are saying that their ears and the pads on their feet were getting frostbite in the bitter cold. And I wanted to ask you, would that actually happen?
1: Hmm. I'm I'm actually not sure because I mean, there's obviously there's um arctic wolves. <coughs> um,
0: I'm assuming these would not be arctic. These would no, be no, like, no.
1: These are these are yeah uh, gray wolf probably gray wolves. Yeah, but like that's what i mean i don't know what the physiological difference is between an arctic wolf and a gray wolf um
0: okay
1: i mean i i'm assuming there must be one because there are no like gray wolves after a certain point true. In, true in the in the latitude but yeah i don't know i'm sorry i failed you in the info no that's
0: front. no that's totally fine i i was more thinking like Hey, if like dogs can do this, why not wolves? Like, because sled dogs are used in the
1: yeah, Arctic, that's right? true. Um, although sled dogs, um, a lot of them wear the the booties, but I don't know about their oh, ears. True, true. Um, and I know that the the mushers part of the part of the care they have to do with the dogs is to take off their booties and like rub their feet so that they warm up. But, yeah, yeah,
0: and they probably have some solution, like put like Vaseline on the ear tips yeah, and things. Could be. Yeah. Okay. We're worried about their I snoots. I just wasn't sure. Yeah, <laughs> they seem to be able to smell just fine throughout this entire <laughs> stupid thing. Yeah, but the snoots get cold and cracked, and I don't know. That's true. They morph out of it every two hours, though. Yeah. So. Which is, oh.
1: as they mentioned, the only reason they thought they stayed alive.
0: Yeah, pretty much, just because they could heal themselves and then they die for two hours. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just not good. <sighs> um. Yeah, so this is the weird part that we talked about earlier. Um, they as they're running, they start to approach the two-hour time limit, which, by the way, wouldn't Tobias and Axe already be past that? But whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. True. Yeah, Tobias says we should keep moving, and Marco then makes that comment like. It's easy for you to say when you're like snuggled up in your honey's fur, and Rachel just goes, "What?" and like that's it. That's the whole interaction. Yeah. Which seemed, like Marco said it very angrily, which didn't seem like Marco to me. Um, and then Rachel also didn't kick his ass, which didn't seem <laughs> Rachel like to me. Well, uh, wait.
1: What? What do you? What do you mean? You don't think that was in character for Marco?
0: So, um. I won't take a whole bunch of credit for this because this is like a common conversation uh, kind of within the Animorphs groups, Mm -hmm. but I agree with it that Marco and Rachel, their teasing relationship and even their banter back and forth, while it can get heated, it always seems like they're friends. Mm -hmm. And here it just made Marco and Rachel seem like they hated each other. Okay. Okay. It just didn't feel like it hit the mark of what their relationship has been, which it might have changed. We've talked about that before, how some relationships seem to change off camera in these books, uh-huh. and that's totally fine. Um, but it just didn't seem to hit like the notes that it normally does.
1: Well, I was thinking back to um, <coughs> I think it was one of Jake's book when Rachel and Axe got captured at the mansion, and everybody was like screaming at each other and Tobias said like, Oh, you know, Rachel being stuck as an Eagle wouldn't be the worst thing. And Marco was like, yeah, you would think that. So like, you know, we, we had talked about like that seemed to come from a place of like, possibly jealousy on Marco's behalf. And I kind of read that as the same sort of tone here. Like not only is Marco jealous that Tobias is nice and warm, but also that like, maybe because he knows that Tobias and Rachel are dating. Cause I still like I still kind of read Marco as having a crush on Rachel, which could just be like you know, could be nothing, but
0: that see, that makes more sense. This like this is what I think is like knowing it's a ghostwriter, it's tainting my view of how I read into it Mm -hmm. now. So yeah, that that makes more sense. Mm -hmm. I like that better. I change my viewpoint. (laughs) <laughs> to, to yours. No. <laughs> but yeah,
1: I agree. I feel like Rachel would have been like, no, come at me, Marco. What did you mean by that?
0: Yeah, she would have bit him. <laughs> I would have bit him. <laughs> I'd have been like, fuck off. Yeah. Jesus Christ, Marco. You don't know anything, Marco. Uh, Anyways, yeah. So that was stupid. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> um... They find an outcropping where they demorph and remorph one at a time, huddled around each other as little wolves, oh, that's cute. which is adorable. That is cute, and like Marcos, like it brought up suppressed memories for me of cuddling with my mom on the couch. Yeah, I felt that was forced. That was super forced. I, I didn't even write that in my notes. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't <laughs> into that. I was like, ugh. Okay, here's the
1: obligatory mom mention. Like.
0: Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it felt like. It was like notes. Marco's mom is a controller. Work this in somehow, <laughs> and he's like, "My mom, <laughs> man, really done." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. oh Jesus, that's exactly what it felt like. Fuck. Anyways, um, yeah, it's just bullshit. <laughs> so, the, anyway, they they all morph, which. This is not the most time-efficient way to do this, but you know what? It's not my problem. I'm not in the Arctic, so whatever. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Tobias and Axe then switch to Jake's body because Marco thinks his comment got to Tobias and made him embarrassed. So, yeah. Um, They decide to keep moving, even though it's starting to get dark. Um, X does mention that in their hours, it is only about 2 p.m., uh but because you know the arctic and everything it gets dark at 2 p.m. and uh not all the time just some of the time guys i know how that works okay don't at me anyways <laughs> <I wonder> how far <laughs>
1: north they were because i feel like once you get to a certain point the sun just doesn't rise
0: yeah for like 6 months of the year does yeah. it doesn't um so yeah they keep running as wolves to keep putting distance between them and the venbers and they were deciding whether they're going to run along the shore or head out onto the open ice because Axe speculated that um, if they got the venber into running water, that that might destroy them. So um, they're like, we could run out on the ice, but we'll just stick to the shore because there's more places to hide in case they catch us. There's more places that we could go into and hopefully stay warmer. So whatever. Um, and as they're moving forward, they catch another scent. And they see it's a Polar bear. Polar polar bear which is super exciting it is an ice bear it's an angry bear (laughs) um so they discuss this polar bear and cassie says this is the largest land predator in the world (laughs) and rachel goes no it's not it's a grizzly bear and cassie goes grizzly bear isn't a true predator also could have reminded her like polar bears can be larger but whatever um (laughs) And then Rachel gets, like, really, like, pouty about this. And she's like, I could take on a polar bear anyway. (laughs) I loved it. So, yeah, this is a good, good time. (laughs) Um, The team continues on past the bear so as not to be eaten. And then Cassie goes, you know, it's probably a good sign that that guy's here. Because that means there's prey around here. Um, Because also they're starving, which they didn't mention before. But now suddenly it's a big deal. They're starving. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Since temperature is dropping so dramatically because it's nighttime, the team decides to dig themselves a lair, which turns out to be, as Marco describes it, a wet snow hole in the ground. (laughs) They're all huddled down there, and I guess trying to sleep, and Marco asks Axe if he's sleeping, and Axe goes, of course not, Marco. And he goes, tell me the story of the (laughs) Venber.
1: Tell us a tale. (laughs) Spin us a yarn.
0: Tell us a tale of the (laughs) Venber. Which acts as like, okay. Um, and it's actually quite depressing. A long, long time ago, when the Andalites were first venturing into space travel, they found another spacefaring race called the Five. They do describe it as a race. I looked it up. There wasn't just five of them, it was a race called the Five. Yeah. And the Five discovered Venbia. Venbe? V E N B E A. Ven. I'm gonna say Venbia because it sounds kind of like a cool continental kind of twist on it, but it's probably Venbay. Um, and they also found out that if they melted down the Venber, <laughs> I thought you were Bay. Turns out you're just Bayum. <laughs> Fuck God, sorry. That's t-shirt, t-shirt. That shit. Um, the five discovered if they melt down the Venber, they could use the Venber liquid. Oh God of the of the melted down species to improve their computers and fuels. Dear so they're God. like they hunted them to extinction. Okay, but for real, right whales. Am I right? Oh yeah, true. We've done that. Uh, uh, like we've we've been there. We're like, "Ah, oh, this burns our lamps better. Hunt this whale to extinction." God, yeah. Although bright news, did you um see the news article? I think it was last week or 2 weeks ago that was talking about how there's been a sudden boom and there's like six right whale calves that have been born this this season? Oh, good. Yeah. Yes. So, silver linings.
1: Yay. I mean, whales are still being illegally hunted. But yes. Yeah.
0: Oh, that in in other other news Um, The Russian sea pens that were keeping all those belugas and orcas, the courts officially ruled that they have to release all of those animals. So, more good whale news. Yeah. Don't keep whales in captivity. Yeah, they're going to sell them to Japan for, um, well, they speculate they were going to sell them to Japan for performing and things. And the Russians were like, you shall not do this thing. (gasps) And also, a bunch of them died when the temperatures got so cold. Anyways. This is not what we're talking about. We're talking about another species being hunted to extinction, and that's the venber. Which is also bad. Also bad. Don't hunt venber to extinction. Don't hunt anything to extinction, please. (laughs) Don't, yeah, don't hunt anything to extinction. God. Um, But as X speculated, these are actually probably not true venber. Because the Venber were hunted to extinction. So probably what happened was they found some of the DNA on Venbiah. And um, they made a mixture with the most, as Axe put it, the most complex DNA they could find and of the species available to the Yerks that would be human. So I think it's a half-human, half, half Venber. <laughs> but, like, I don't. that explanation didn't sit right with me. I'm not sure why, because... <laughs> I'm not like Joy and know these things, but it just didn't sit right with me scientifically. They crossed orcs with goblin
1: men <laughs> <laughs> while fighting urukai. Anyways, in my notes, I also wrote Jurassic Park, but
0: with Ben Bar. Yes, that, it had severe notes of Jurassic Park in this whole thing. Yes. Like, you thought you could do this thing, but you just can't, and now the power's out there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the kids aren't comforted by this Vendor talk, so they go to bed. Yay. Quote-unquote. Quote-unquote, go to bed. They did They did something. God, I am so
1: impressed by their stamina, because they've been, like, doing, like, 20 to 30 morphs in one day on empty stomachs, and, like, I, re- yeah. I remember back at the time where doing a double morph was, like, a big deal.
0: And now I'm like... Yeah, they've really, like ups their game yeah it's
1: like they're literally starving and have no sleep and they're marathon morphing and i'm so impressed with them yeah
0: i mean and they did that too like in the in the past few books like they have gotten their their morphing stamina up so high mm-hmm. that they can do this and they mentioned like how taxing it is they're not saying like oh this is super easy they're like we just have no other choice so we're exhausted but what are you gonna do They're so small their morphing muscles are huge (laughs) oh jeez yeah too bad they can't get swole from morphing yeah anyways they were sleeping morning finally arrived and marco was the first one up he poked his little nose out of their den and he smelled the venber but he also smelled the polar bear so he's like fuck it let's go look for this goddamn bear so he like hops out of his little lair and he's looking around and it took him forever to spot him but when he did, he called the others up. Because they are like, look at what this polar bear is doing. And they watched as he like was sniffing around and like looking for stuff. And then he went out onto the ice and slid around on his belly until he finally got to this part. And then he smashed through the ice with a giant paw grabbed a seal, scared up two other seals that take off running, and pulled this fat seal through a hole that was too small, so shredded his sides as he pulled him up onto the oh, ice. Oh, <laughs> I'm
1: so sad. I love seals.
0: It doesn't get any better for the seals. No, it doesn't. It gets worse oh, for the seals. <gasps> um, Yeah, so they watch as this bear just starts eating the seal, and they're like, oh... We have an idea to take care of our food problem. And then they all look at Cassie, and Cassie has this giant fucking meltdown, like, why are you guys asking me for permission? Why do you guys always look at me for this shit? Do you honestly think I would put this the animal's life over y- your lives, or my life for that matter? And then they're like, well, we just, we don't know with you. Like, what are the rules here? And she's basically like, she delivers this, like, fucked up speech that's like, I... I don't ask for a lot. I only ask that you don't kill species that are on the brink of extinction. If you are going to use something for consuming an animal, you have to treat the animal properly when you're you're raising it for consumption, and that you take care of pets and you don't abuse. it. like she goes on this very very long speech where like a single point or two very distinct quick points about like all I ask is this and this would have made an impact, but instead it was just this long fucking rant. <laughs> Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's just super weird. I,
1: like, I I wrote down that I liked that scene because, like, it was kind of unexpected for her. You know, because she used yeah. to have meltdowns over, like, killing termites and triceratops and horcreder and everything. Right. And the fact that she's right. now, like, of course we're going to fucking eat the seal. We need to survive. Like... Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. It, it, it kind of turned into a... Ted talk a little
0: bit yeah and that was my only problem with it because it I think that it is a huge moment for her character to put down into writing do you honestly think I value an animal life over my friends Mm -hmm. or myself for that matter that would have been such a strong line Mm -hmm. to just stop on like but then yeah, we go into her ten minute TED talk about like her ins and outs of how she treats the animals based on their class. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, it it was just weird. Yeah. It that that was like one of those moments where like I think KA Applegate gave him like a series of rules about like Cassie like and how she treats different animals based on this, that or the other. Um, and how she would act in the survival situation and he just like copy pasted and like added a few words to make it flow with this narrative sure. <laughs> that's what it felt like to me but like if he had have just stopped on that line of like do you think i value mm-hmm. like that, that would have been, been great really strong yeah that would have been incredible like because we we too don't really know with Cassie because she kind of was willing to let the termites live over there like yeah you know yeah and she she you know yeah
1: and she had that big discussion with Tobias about the skunks and about how like it's not any different to kill a mouse versus to get a mouse from like a supplier like
0: yeah absolutely and that's even brought up very soon <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it it was just like a weird Moment and like they kind of explained it with like she's really cranky, she's and, hangry like, you as know, fuck. They're all, yeah, they're all hangry, but like that doesn't really explain it. Yeah, <laughs> like
1: I don't know. Yeah, okay, I'm glad you brought that yeah. up because yeah, it's a good, yeah, good take.
0: That's well, yeah, and like I agree, it could have been a strong moment, anyways. Yeah, um. Eventually, the polar bear finishes up whatever he's going to eat of the seal and leaves. And the four of them morphed as wolves, meaning Cassie, Jake, Rachel, and Marco, (laughs) go over to the carcass and look at it. And they're like, Axe and Tobias, are you guys hungry? And they're like, we already ate. Keeping in mind, they're now on Marco's body. Uh, And Marco's like, oh, what the fuck, guys? (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. They drank Marco's blood. Although
1: that kind of makes me wonder. It's like, okay, well, they all could have like morphed fleas, taken turns morphing fleas and sucking each other's blood. Not that that's great, but like you, that way you wouldn't have had to eat the seal.
0: That's the weirdest pseudo-sexual suggestion oh, no. I've ever oh, heard from you. You oh, oh, didn't mean it like that. <laughs> we can all take turns drinking no, each no, other's no, blood. No, 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 no. no, no it's no. so weird. No. <laughs> Not what I meant oh that's no i know it wasn't it was just the way you said it i was like oh like
1: i said it's not a great
0: compromise
1: but it's an option
0: it's a compromise (laughs) oh Uh, man that
1: was a bad thing that happened just
0: now (laughs) yeah anyways uh they all eat the carcass um eventually they look up and they see some arctic foxes waiting their turn and they're like oh cool it's a circle of life (laughs) and uh (laughs) then they spot two baby seals nearby floating in the water and they they're like that's not a bad arctic morph and then cassie goes oh yeah they're just you know they're waiting for their mom and marco's like Oh, their mom's never coming back. My mom's never coming back. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was a very, another forced mention of his mom. It was a little bit
1: more understandable to force it in there than before. Yeah. But like,
0: yeah, I would have forgiven it in this yeah. instance. <laughs>
1: Babies.
0: Yeah. Uh, It's just, I get why Marco feels bad. Yeah. Um, <sighs> So they come up with a very simple plan to get these baby seals, so they can get that morph. They go to Dolphin, Cassie and Marco do, they get pushed into the water, (laughs) and as soon as they hit the water, their bodies start freezing, but all they have to do is grab one of the baby seals and bring it back. So they're like following these seals around, the seal can't really escape because it's like a baby and it's not as agile, and so they each, like, swim up beside it, gently grab a flipper, and, like, escort it to the surface. Oh. Um, the, the pup is struggling this whole time and scratches Marco's nose, and he's like, good, I deserve it. Oh. <laughs> um, and as soon as they see them bringing the seal back up, the other animals start to demorph so they can quickly acquire him. Uh, the seal of course goes into the trance almost immediately and is just like completely docile while they're all acquiring it it's great they go into this morph which at this point i realized we never got a really good detailed description of any of the morphs are doing mm-hmm. so this is probably other than maybe the first fly morph this is probably the most detailed one um and all that it really says is like marco's legs started to like form together and he fell on his face. <clears throat> like it's it's even now not that detailed. <laughs> um so yeah. Um ba-ba-ba. yeah they go seal and right as they're like, ah oh, yes, warmth, delicious, glorious warmth. I'm on a beach drinking a mimosa or some shit. That's not what you drink <laughs> on a beach. What are you Pina Colada? <laughs> uh, you pomodos, that was my so own desires. Fun. Yeah. Can I? Yeah. Can I drink can a mimosa? You can drink
1: whatever
0: you want on the beach. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I don't think it's traditionally what you drink on a beach. So I'm going to say pina colada. I don't even think that's what he said. I think he said something different. But anyways, yeah. he's really warm. He's too, he's he's too young to drink. He's warm. He's too young to drink. He doesn't know. He might have said a mimosa because he was mistaken about what you're allowed to drink on a beach. <laughs> uh... <laughs> yeah. Anyways, he's real warm. Uh, this, of course, is interrupted because the Vembers have now caught up to them and start firing their cannons extremely badly. In fact, the first shot is so bad, it actually reflects off the surface of the ice and bounces. The,
1: okay, if they have such good um, tracking skills and they have the good echolocation and they can see the Animorphs
0: through fucking rock, why are they so bad at shooting? They have four fucking arms. Um, Yes. So Marco is scrambling away from this cannon fire with these shitty fucking shots, which, as you mentioned, make no sense whatsoever. Um, And Marco dives into the water just in time to escape one of their blasts. Again, stormtroopers. Yeah. So, everyone makes it into the water okay. Things seem to be going well. Their bodies, while awkward on land, are pretty well adapted to swimming. So, their plan is that they're just gonna double back towards the Yerk base. um i guess uh they can hold their breath for like 10 to 15 minutes at a time so they're like making their way back kind of spy hopping every once in a while to catch their breath so and then suddenly cassie just yells there they are like that's helpful in <laughs> any scenario they're who are were we expecting them who are they oh. but marco doesn't ask this question uh he just knows they're orcas <laughs> He can sense them with his whiskers which by the way i looked into this because at first they said that the seals were echolocating and that is absolutely wrong um seals don't echolocate i looked it up there's a little bit of controversy but most reliable sources seem to say no but their whiskers are sensitive enough that they can sense where the water has been disturbed disturbed by fins for up to 15 minutes after a fish has passed that's so cool it's amazing oh. like yeah so then as soon as I like I literally stopped reading looked it up and then went back to reading so as soon as they said Marco could sense like stuff with his whiskers and he could sense a disturbance I was like absolutely I believe this yeah. like this is very cool. cool so yeah so some some seal knowledge for maybe you
1: they thought that seals could echolocate when the book came out make like maybe it, it's since been disproven
0: it might have been, I mean, like, most stuff I've seen that talked about them potentially using echolocation was published in, like, the 60s and 70s. Oh, okay, never mind. Um, but it seems, well, that's still, like, you know, that's only 20 years later. Sure. It does seem to be since then most people have found that it was their whiskers or thought that it was their whiskers. Um, and then it is in the last, like, decade or two that they've started doing, like, all of the testing with them. And probably, I think it was, like... Six years ago, that they did that fin test with them oh. to sense, like, yeah. So, I, like, it, it's possible that he looked something up and it said, like, they might use echolocation. But I think what happened was he forgot that he was writing for seals and not dolphins at this point oh. because, like, the first mention is echolocation. And then a minute later, he starts talking about their sensitive whiskers. So, sure. I think it was just like a, a mix up. I don't think it was a big thing. Oh. Yeah, that's my theory. But yeah. Uh, anyways, they're being hunted by orcas. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> the the best dolphins. That's in my notes. I wrote that orcas are the best dolphins. Your battle morph, because they're they're dolphins and they're amazing. Yeah, it is my battle morph. My my battle morph at all times, even on <laughs> land. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst time. Oh. Uh, so they swim up towards the surface and burst out onto the ice. There's a moment of calm before the orcas just start shattering up through the ice after them. And they're like, oh, fuck. And, like, Marco forces in, like, four Free Willy jokes, which I do not appreciate, Marco. <laughs> Free Willy is a serious film. Oh, God.
1: It's a serious art film. <laughs> <But> any-
0: <laughs> it's a serious art film about a serious whale named Keiko. And you should respect him, Marco. Anyways, uh, the, yeah, there's, like, a moment of calm. And then one jumps up out of the ice and... And, like, just goes above Marco and is kind of, like, falling towards him about to, like, land and grab him. But Marco puts one claw in the ice and, like, spins out of the way, which is something that a SEAL would never do. That's his human intelligence coming through. And by the time the orca spots him again and kind of, like, recovers from, like, his prey being suddenly gone, Marco is, like, pretty close to human. So the orca takes a look at him and is like, "Uh, we don't really eat that shit. And so he goes back into the water. <laughs> and I wrote that the inverse of that is this is the moment that they teach orcas to eat humans. Oh no. no. <laughs> he lucked oh, out. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So Marco is sitting on the ice and he loudly asks everybody, is this the armpit of the universe? To which someone replies, I don't know. Ask him. Because there's a dude standing behind right. Marco. <laughs>
1: A dude who just, like, paddled up in his fucking kayak during a killer whale hunting situation.
0: That seems like a smart idea. and was like, yeah, fuck it. He was, okay, to be fair, though, this is not, like, a dude that's, like, oh, no, I better stay out of danger. This is a guy that's, like, yeah, fuck it. What's (laughs) up? (laughs) Like, this whole time, he, like, this guy paddles up to Marco, and he's, like, Hey, man, you a spirit? Marco's like, what? He's like, you a spirit. <laughs> Marco's like, uh, sure, I guess. And he's like, my grandpa told me about the spirits. Thought he was crazy. And Marco's like, okay.
1: I don't know how to react.
0: <laughs> yeah, this dude's, like, super chill. He's like, hey, man, this is some Star Trek-type shit. And he's like, how do you know about Star Trek? He's like, spirit boy, you don't have TV? Like, <laughs> This dude is like the chillest motherfucker on the I planet. Love him. Like he's
1: so nonchalant.
0: This is my favorite side oh character, I think, of all oh time. My
1: God. Great.
0: He's like the chillest dude, and like he also watches this whole thing, like just because he's like, I just want to see how this plays out. <laughs> uh, oh fucking. Yeah, so, like, this guy's asking them, like, if they're spirits, like, animal spirits. He's, like, kind of trying to, like... Marco's trying to half-ass explain what they are, but, like, also not give too much away. And then he was, like... And he's, like, I'm Marco. That's Rachel, Jake, you know, Tobias is all the feathers, Axe is the alien kind of thing. He's, like, so what's your name? And this chill-ass fucking Inuit is, like, I'm Derek. <laughs> like, I fucking love this guy. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, like... Alright, so he chills out with them, and, like, doesn't say much, except, like, I fucking hate the, the station guys. He's like, there's a bunch of people up here, they're not, like, normal dudes, they're, like, weird dudes, and there's, like, a bunch of things shooting stuff around here, and that's why all of his pelts are burnt. Which, by the way, he gave all of the kids pelts to keep them warm, because you can see that they're freezing their asses off. And so he's like, yeah, the reason all my pelts are burnt is because these fucking things shooting seals up here. Like, he's just super chill. (laughs) And then he starts talking about Nanook. He's like, yeah, have you seen Nanook? And they're like, who's Nanook? He's like, he's a great hunter. They're like, what? He's like, he's been around here for the past few days. You've probably seen him. They're like, what (laughs) do do you mean we won't have seen him? He's not like, oh, he's a polar bear. He's like,
1: (laughs) giving him the complete runaround. He
0: literally... (laughs) Yeah. And then finally he goes, you know, big, white, hairy kind of dude. And they're like, oh, the polar bear. Yeah, we've seen him. And then Marco goes, hey, man, if, if that polar bear is your acquaintance, can we pet it? Can, <laughs> can we pet your bear? Can we pet your bear? And uh, so Derek leads them over to the bear. Like, yeah, fuck yeah. Let's go pet a bear, motherfuckers. Hop in. Oh like, God. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So anyways, the kids all morph back to Seal and follow him in his boat. And, like, he gets there, like, to where the polar bear is, and they all start demorphing, and Derek's like, that's cool, wish I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, He's so great! Every other... He is amazing! Every other person they've met, like, screams and freaks out, and Derek's like, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love this guy. He's so awesome. Um, yeah, so he leads them over to the bear, and, like, then they start to sneak up, and he just hangs back, and Marco's like... Yeah, he didn't have to explain himself, because when you're the only sane person with a group of crazies, you don't have to explain yourself. But basically, he just like walks up, points out the bear, and then like sits back. He's like, all right, go get the bear. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they come up with this plan, which is basically like a smash and grab, because they don't have any other plans, where Rachel's going to go grizzly, fight the bear, Marco's <laughs> going to go gorilla, grab the bear from behind, and Derek is just going to chill and watch this all go down. Oh <laughs> Yeah. So, like, they start lumbering across the ice towards this bear that's literally, like, lounging on its back, soaking up the sun. And the bear looks at them, and Derek helpfully goes, he noticed you. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, okay, what do we do? So Rachel's like, let's just charge into this thing. And eventually she does. She charges down this polar bear, and at first, this fight is not going well for her. And she starts like screaming at Marco, like "A little help would be nice! Like, come on!" This polar bear is like definitely has the upper hand and is definitely killing her because she's the only one bleeding. And then the po- polar bear rears up onto its back legs, and she uses her human intelligence to roll into him to knock him Jeez. over, and does knock him silly on the ice. And as soon as this polar bear is down, she's like, never mind, Marco. I don't want your help anymore. I got it. God. <laughs> and Marco, for like a split second, is like, maybe I won't help her then. But then he's like, no, that would be a little mean. So he like jumps in there, tries to grab onto the polar bear. The polar bear flips him over a few times <laughs> and like knocks him a little silly, but then Marco eventually is able to get in there and, like, clamp both of the bear's arms to its side and hold him. And then Rachel jumps in and helps to get him down onto the Jesus. ice. And it takes both of them to subdue this bear.
1: <laughs> he was just trying to hang out.
0: He was. They went. They probably could have walked up to him as people and just, like, yeah. acquired him. That's kind of what I
1: was thinking. But whatever.
0: Yeah. Um, pretty much. well it's like that time that they they... went to
1: the aquarium and they were like we're gonna morph dolphin and we're gonna beat the shit out of a hammerhead shark
0: yeah and then Marco just grabbed it and was like "Ah." (laughs) (laughs) yeah but they they beat the shit out of the bear (laughs) 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 yeah I do feel bad for him but yeah, so they subdue the bear and everybody comes up and acquires it. And once they start acquiring it, of course, he goes chill. And so they just like trade off and they like go running back towards Derek after they do this. And Derek is just like, I'm really pumped. I saw that this is going to be a great story. And he's like, no, one's going to believe me, but it's going to be a good story. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> fucking chill. So chill. They then part ways with Derek whose final words were, there's a storm coming. <laughs> storm so So, Yeah, so they all morph Polar Bear and start heading towards the Yerk base. Derek, I guess, heads home or towards more seals or whatever. Whatever Derek fucking does, which I can only imagine is, like, smoking a lot of Arctic pot. <laughs> Arctic pot. <laughs> there's no other type of pot. Oh <laughs> Not in the Arctic. Hey. Yeah. But, anyways, they head off towards the Yerk base, and, uh, they're just, like, gonna fucking walk in there, (laughs) I guess. Like, like, slow motion walking in a line. Yeah. They're, like, that's literally, like, the next chapter is just them walking up to the base and seeing the Venber bending steel with their bare hands to make satellite dishes. And then they're, like, we're just gonna walk in there. Fuck it. Um... The only other side is like a very brief mention of what they're going to do with the Venber once they destroy the base. And Axe is like, I don't want to be the latest alien to exploit them. And then that's it. They cut that conversation off. That very important conversation for Axe to have. They just cut it off. Um, And then Marco goes, well, we just got to destroy the base. Let's worry about that first. So, yeah, they lumber into the base. A single file line in case they get echolocated to hopefully appear like one bear. That's how that works. Right, that's definitely how that works. Um, and But they, like, literally get onto the base, and the Vember just, like, turn their heads and look at them and do nothing. <coughs> so, like, they just didn't have to do that. The Vember don't give a shit about them at all. Um, and so they're fine until a human controller spots them and sounds the alarm. This human controller yells to program the Vember to attack all quadrupeds. The bandits cannot get away this time. So then, once they do that, the Venber do turn their sights on the Animorphs and start coming after them. And it is not going well, because the Venber are literally picking them up and throwing them into doors and leaving, like, giant bear-shaped dents (laughs) in the doors. Like, it's not going well. Um... And then one is skating towards Marco, and Marco just kind of dodges instead of fighting him. And the thing just goes, like, (laughs) sweeping through this hangar door and leaves a venber shaped hole in the door. And Marco, like, right? Cartoony. But yeah, Marco follows him through, and then on the other side, he notices that the Venber is melting into a puddle. And also there are bug fighters in the hangar uh marco then yells to jake lead all of the venber into the hangar it'll be fine and they all kind of plow in axe and rachel come in and take out the human controllers like they're bowling pins (laughs) marco and cassie are the only ones that like once they make it into the hangar and see the other venber just like coming in one after the other after the other they're watching because these guys are just turning into puddles before their eyes like they come into the heat and they literally just start melting into the ground. And, like, their, like, twisted bodies are still reaching towards Marco and Cassie as they're melting because they're programmed to get them. And, like, Marco describes it as a yerk atrocity, which it is an accurate representation of what is happening. Yeah. This is horrifying. Yep. It's just fucking awful. Yeah. Um, and then Marco realizes that he and Cassie are the only ones that are not on a bug fighter right now. Uh, and he said, but someone had to bear witness to this death. So once he realizes that, he quickly gets Cassie and rushes up onto the bugfighter where everybody else is already demorphing. Axe takes over the controls of the ship and Marco volunteers to take the weapons array because he's done it before. Um, before they leave, they start to blow up the base. They start with the other bugfighter and Axe says please use the low power setting and so he does but it still like rockets them back when they blow this thing up and then they start blowing up the satellite and then they go to each building on the base one by one blowing it up um, finally when they have leveled absolutely everything they take off only to be caught by a scanner and it shows that the blade ship is on an intercept course now so they know they can't outrun the blade ship forever But they have a pretty good head start. So they just start flying as fast as they can towards home. And finally, when the sensors show that the blade ship is within three minutes of catching them, they all fly out of the ship as birds of prey and just leave the bug fighter to explode behind them. So that's how they got out of that (laughs) mess. And, um, yeah, there are no human controllers left alive here either. Because how could they be? Right. This isn't mentioned, but they dead.
1: Yeah, like I thought they mentioned that like they waited for the human controllers to run out of the buildings before they shot them up, but it's like yeah, you still left them in the wilderness to die. Like
0: Yeah. And they're not getting picked no. up, like. They're yeah. dead. Yeah. So Grizzly. Yeah. <laughs> <Better>. <laughs> I didn't realize it. Nice. Uh, that was terrible so we get to the final chapter of this book that's right we're already at the final chapter it took the kids a few days to get home they flew they caught rides on trucks they caught rides on trains and all the while they talked about the venber and what happened to them and how they were now extinct again Um, except for potentially the two still roaming the wild and for some reason that was important to them to know that there was still some left Uh, When they finally made it home, they relieve the chi of taking over their places, and Marco takes the longest and hottest shower he can stand. His dad gets moderately annoyed by this and says, you forgot to turn the fan on, you're turning the whole house into a sauna. And he was like, I want to turn the whole house into a sauna. But he goes, sorry, dad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, his dad is, of course, very annoyed about this and also the fact that Marco's sudden neat streak has ended and that his room, which was immaculate, is now back to its messy ways. (laughs) Uh, But his dad gets over it and offers to take them out to get some food. And Marco asks, oh, what do you want to go get? And his dad goes, I was thinking ice cream. And Marco just says, excuse me, and gets back in the shower. (laughs) That that is how this book ends. Yay. Yeah. So, what'd you think? Uh, I don't know.
1: I don't like again something something about this book seemed off in flavor.
0: Yeah, like it wasn't bad. I agree.
1: The only thing that really yeah. pissed me off was just Axe throughout this entire book. Like he had like some of his usual tricks, like you know mm-hmm. he had his like. You know, hyper intelligence, and he didn't understand human expressions to a certain degree. But like, he, he yeah. was so freaking like unnecessarily hostile as well. Like, especially with the whole like your minutes thing.
0: Yeah, he really like drove that home. And then he did another one too. Was it your degrees? Yeah, as well? this this kind this came
1: up like four or five times throughout the entire book, which is like completely unnecessary because we already like did this like twenty books ago. But like. Marco kept, like, bring saying, like, oh, they're your minutes. They're so your degrees. Like, oh, these are our minutes now. And Axe just, like, mm-hmm. he, he was just, like, so unnecessarily, like, kind of, I don't know. It, it was just weird. Like, Axe would, like, purposefully say, your degrees, your minutes.
0: It, like, it felt like he was out to get Marco because, like, as soon as, Jake asked him, you know, what's an Andalite weakness, which is something that we would expect Axe to kind of get superior Mm -hmm. about. He didn't. He like immediately fell in line with Jake. But like with Marco, it was almost like he had like an aggressive relationship with him, which we've never seen from Axe before. It was really
1: weird. And I didn't like it
0: at all. No, me either. I didn't like it. And I, I didn't like um, Cassie's outburst as mm-hmm. well. Like, she still had that, like, she, it didn't feel terribly off for Cassie, mm-hmm. other than the dialogue felt like it wouldn't come from her mouth. Yeah. Um, and then
1: Jake yelling felt weird.
0: Yeah. Jake was either tense or indecisive this book. Like, Jake didn't have, he, he was barely mentioned in mm-hmm. this book. At yeah. all, um, and when he was there, he was angry, or he was just like, I don't know. It was just weird. How did he was just weird. In this how book. did you feel about Marco? I, um, when I was reading it, it felt like he got some of it, like he got some of Marco's personality, but we never got that. It was more like, hey, I'm the goofy trickster guy. It was not ever like, yeah, I'm telling this joke, but behind it, here is my reason. Here's why I'm doing it. Here's point A to B. Here's how we get there. Mm. Like, I never got the calculating Marco that I'm used to. It was like a a kind of dumbed down version of Marco, I would say. Yeah, I
1: would agree with that. Like, I don't know. And I felt like kind of some of the emotions I would expect from Marco, like... Uh-huh. Like him being like, especially angry or especially terrified. Like, because I made, I made the comment before, like usually in Marco books, like he gets really, really angry. Right. But he, he was like surprisingly kind of empathetic and thoughtful in this book at times. Like, you know, he, he like was horrified about the seals losing their mom. And he was horrified about the, the um venbar you know melting which is horrifying and i'm not saying like he's he should be heartless but like he's also the kind of person to be like okay this is a situation it sucks but we got to do what we got to do and i felt like i don't know that wasn't necessarily there this book
0: you know it wasn't and this could have been a very interesting thing for him to do with cassie because he's still like I think based on the last books we've read from him, hasn't totally forgiven Cassie for book 19 yet. So this would be interesting to have him have that moment with Cassie and say, like, oh, my God, we're experiencing this together, and, like, I see where she's coming Mm -hmm. from, and I get, you know. But that's not really what happened. Like, we could maybe read into that a little bit, but that's disingenuous to what actually happened in the book.
1: (sighs) Like I said, not a bad book, but... I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, not not a bad book at all. Just a little different. Yeah, it felt different.
1: I did like that. Um, I did like the kind of like person versus nature kind of feel of this book. Like,
0: yeah, you know, it, it kind
1: of rang a little similar to like when they got stuck in the jungle or when they got stuck in, mm-hmm. you know, the time of the dinosaurs. So I I do like the kind of whole like, this is how we survive in extreme climates. And we might not have the proper morphs for it. And this is how we have to adapt. And I I just, I liked all of that. I thought it was really interesting.
0: I liked that a lot too. And it was just a new element to, well, like not new, because like you said, that they've had the jungle before and they've had, you know, the time of the dinosaurs. But that was always in a way where they were like, we're coping with this environment and we're adapting and like, look at all that Earth has to throw at the aliens. Whereas in this one, they're like, we have got to get the fuck yeah. out of here. <laughs> what do you think of Tobias in this book?
1: <laughs> I mean, he had a moment of complaining, where I was like, "Oh yeah, classic mm-hmm. Tobias—he's complaining again." <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't—he didn't make that much of an impression on me. This book because he was yeah. mostly just like I'm a flea, hanging out on someone's body.
0: Yeah, and then the only other big reaction he had was like to well and we don't even know it was him it was kind of implied but when uh, marco made fun of him he said nothing which is a tobias reaction oh, too sure. so it was kind of like yeah okay <laughs> <sighs> uh, yeah Aww. rachel was the most accurate yeah
1: especially with that
0: the other thing um oops sorry go um, ahead
1: especially with that whole like polar bear versus grizzly bear thing and she got all like bummed about it she's like i can still do it like because i'm very aggro (laughs) yes (laughs)
0: um i was just thinking because it was a marco book and uh catherine Applegate's husband who helped her write the series michael grant he was always um saying marco is the character that's kind of like his personality and that's like how like he relates the most to Marco, and he writes it as like Marco is kind of similar to him. So I wonder how he felt having this one be like ghost written, and if he read it and thought like, "Oh, that's not kind of my tone." Like mm. you know, I just wonder what he thought of it.
1: So um, when you say he helped write the series, was he mm-hmm. like just kind of a like a collaborator, sounding board person, or did he actually? I think like, he actually yeah. wrote.
0: Like yeah, he was a writer on it. Um but I believe that he could not take any credit to it gotcha. because he was in some sort of legal trouble and couldn't <laughs> couldn't work at I the gotcha. time. So, um yeah. But I believe he he helped and he, you know, he wrote a good chunk okay. of it.
1: Do you know anything about so, the this particular ghostwriter?
0: Uh I Looked up his name before this and added it into the uh, spreadsheet, but it's also right in the front cover. So it was written by um, Jeffrey uh, Zelke. Z-U-E-H-L-K-E. Zelke? Zulk? Zulk, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know much about him, uh, and I'd have to kind of read into it a little more like i'd have to look up other stuff that he's done but i would be really interested to know from applegate like knowing that she she doesn't trash talk people and that sort of thing but i'd be really interested to know like which of the ghostwriters she was thinking did the best job because Mm -hmm. um i mean i don't think this guy did a bad job at all no I know well, that their constant, like, criticism was, like, we tried to give them more freedom to, like, write their own voice into Animorphs, and most of them did not take the bait. Interesting. But that's all yeah, I know. Yeah, because, like, I don't yeah. really
1: know kind of how ghostwriting works. Like, like you said that uh, K Applegate did the initial outline and probably provided a lot of, like, character notes and stuff, but, like... If then Jeffrey writes the book, does she have any input after the fact? Like, does she do revisions or do they just send it right to Scholastic?
0: Or like, what's... Oof. I I wish I knew more about the process. I've got to imagine that she has the ability to add revisions to it or to say, no, that's like not how this would sound like. But the other thing is we're working with such a tight deadline. Like, it's a monthly deadline, right? So there's got to be a point where like... The editors just say, this is what it is. We gotta go. Like, sure. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, that would be really interesting to hear more about how that works. Yeah. Huh. I'd be interested anyway. I do
1: take umbrage with the writing of my darling
0: Axe, though. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think he quite nailed that character. That was definitely the furthest apart for me. And then I'd say probably... Jake was the next mm-hmm. most, then Cassie, Marco, Rachel, Tobias. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, shall we rate the characters since we're just kind of talking about this?
0: <laughs> yeah, like let's rate the characters. Oh, no. <laughs> this is going to be a weird one for yeah. you because you can't five star acts. No, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to. This
1: will be the first time, hopefully the only time. <laughs> All right, give me your ratings. All right, start with Jake. Uh, honestly jake just didn't have much to do and when he did have much to do he just wasn't really likable for me yeah i i, I have a feeling this is gonna be lower ratings for everybody so uh-huh probably like a probably like a two
0: for jake <laughs> two yeah or three. I, was, I was just debating between a one and a two because really? i just really like that wasn't jake to me jake doesn't no. scream for no reason and he doesn't like freak out like eh. but then he was okay in the arctic i'm gonna give him a two
1: okay
0: yeah <sighs> and then rachel
1: rachel i liked a lot um yeah i'd probably give her a, a five because she was the best and most accurate i think for me
0: yeah this is gonna I... be very varied it is. I'm going to give her a four because she didn't bite Marco when he made that comment.
1: <laughs> she got and knocked a also, point.
0: Yeah, she, get no- she gets knocked a point for that. Also because um, anytime somebody uses the words your honey or your hubby, my skin crawls. There's something oh. about those particular endearments that I just heave. Like, I hate it. So <laughs> she gets four <laughs>
1: She gets four for not kicking Marco's ass. Yeah. Because you personally yeah. hate the
0: word honey. Yes. <laughs> I never said these were fair ratings. <laughs> so she gets four stars for me. Oh, is it, Jesus.
1: Well, I mean, honey is just so often used as like a very condescending thing to call somebody. Oh God, so I yeah. can definitely like yeah, relate.
0: Thank God. It's the worst.
1: <laughs> um, Tobias. He didn't really do much or make a big impression on me, but there was nothing really wrong with him except for that weird, like, I'm a flea, what am
0: I gonna see? sort of comment. So, yeah. probably a three. You could end up on her butt. You don't know. Gross. Gross. I'm sorry. I said my butt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jake uh, apologized for his butt.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, three. Pretty neutral score. Yeah, just middle of the road, 3. Cassie. 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 Uh 3. <laughs> just 3s all around. I don't know. She's yeah. fine. Yeah. I liked her points. I see three, I want three and to a half, four. Four. I don't know. Yeah, I was just going to give her a four because that excellent point, do you think I would... Like, that line resonates with me, that whole, do you yeah. think I would put an animal live... Yeah, that's
1: and that's, like, a big growing point for her. I'm going to give her four.
0: Yeah, I'm going to give her four as well. Marco. Again, not my favorite Marco, but... I, I don't know, though. You seem to always not particularly love Marco books. Yeah, but that's... I mean...
1: That's because he's usually very angry or stupid, and I don't like that, but he wasn't really angry or stupid in this book, but I also kind of felt like that wasn't the Marco I've come to know, so I don't know, I'm having yeah. a weird kind of, like, <laughs> whiplash here.
0: Yeah, Aww. because it's like, he didn't do the things that I hate, but also I got this new version and I still hate it. Not hate, <laughs> hate's a strong word, but, you know. <laughs> you, you did what I wanted, and I still didn't like it. But
1: that said, like, when we're scoring characters in their own books, mm-hmm. because we have the most, that character's the most fleshed out in that book, I want to give them a higher score just because I saw a wider range from them.
0: You know what I mean? Mm, true. Yeah.
1: Unless they do something horrifically offensive and then they get. Yeah, then, Not then it's like. Stars. Yeah. Um, so I guess, I don't know, probably like a three and a half. for.
0: I don't know I don't know Reading is hard Reading is hard. I'm gonna give him a 2 just cause I didn't like Damn. it I just didn't <laughs> like What he was doing like I don't know I like I hated the forced Mother thing
1: yeah um,
0: I thought that there was a lot of Points in time where like We'd normally see Marco interacting With the team and like having these moments Like flying into Visor 3's meadow Morphing into the fly finding each other Like I thought we'd have these moments that
1: yeah. He'd
0: jump at and there was nothing.
1: Yeah, and you're and you're right when you said that we didn't get the analytical Marco. He was just kind yeah. of like a weird pale interpretation of himself. Okay, I'll I'll knock it down to a three for me.
0: Okay. I'm keeping my two for Marco. Okay. <laughs> And then, ex. my sweet
1: boy, your sweet, I sweet I did boy. not like at
0: all in this book. Your sweet, sweet baby boy. Oh, you,
1: you—they done you dirty, axe. They
0: done you. They done you bad. They, they don't offend you somehow. Oh god.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. He gets a two from me. <laughs> that I it pains me so much, but.
0: Oh. this is like going to be we're going to look back at our timeline of our star ratings and we're going to be like, what the fuck happened in this book that we did not give our favorite characters five stars? <laughs> oh. I mean, I yeah, I don't know. I didn't feel particular ways towards Axe. Uh, like, be, I don't know, because I don't have that, like, really like I love Axe. He's great. I enjoy everything he does. But like because i don't have that like i he's like not my favorite character i just feel really like about him like i I don't really care like he wasn't himself obviously i didn't like it because normally you know he's great and funny and like blah blah blah. and this was just kind of like a a cliff notes version of axe and Mm -hmm. i just i don't know i don't care so two i agree with you give him a two <laughs> oh, I, no. i'd give him a three except for the fact that i know he can be so much better and i hate that he's not so he's a two yeah there that's my rating i agree i don't want to give
1: him a one like ugh.
0: no i'm not gonna give him a one because he didn't do anything shitty but yeah. you know yeah, yeah give him a two goodness mr three <sighs> he was so dainty in this book i'm giving him a three <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no this 3 can't get a higher
0: score than ax i hate it i'm well okay but he was so dainty <laughs> like oh, everything he did he was just flipping around floating trots beautiful Like i'm feeding in my meadow i'm monologuing on my ship i'm walking down the halls with the andalite bandalite like it was he was so joyous <laughs> it was pretty great If I held Wizard 3 for 30 seconds in this book, he brought me joy, and I would keep him. Sure. Okay. (laughs) That's fair. Um, Uh, All right. Yeah. All right. Should we do the last fucking five books we read? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be hard. Fucking, yeah, this is going to be super hard, because it starts with the second book in the David arc. Fuck. Yeah. And then Rachel's the third book in the David arc. Um, uh and then we have Tobias's book where he finds out about his lawyers' alleged uncles, alleged dads whatever. Um <laughs> and then we have the Helmicron book. <laughs> I know where that falls on your scale. Not high. Not, not high. high at all. And yeah. then we have this book, this oh, Arctic God. book. Yeah. So Oh dear. What's your rating?
1: Should I go from five to one or from one one to five?
0: You do you, man. Okay. <laughs> so, prop.
1: Let's be honest. I didn't enjoy reading what happened in the David books because it was so horrific, and I fucking yeah. hate David. But those books were fucking great, and just mm-hmm. I've been listening to our old episodes and just like reliving them, and just being like, I fucking hate David, but this book made me feel like all the emotions. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with Rachel's David book as my number one. Nice. Um and then I'm gonna detour detour a little bit and then go <laughs> I did love the Helmicron book for number two, then the then the other David book, Jake's, and then the Tobias book, and then this book. And that's my okay. top five.
0: I like that. That's a good ranking. That's, I can see why for all of those. Although yeah. I am slightly surprised you didn't put Helmicrons at number one. But your reasoning is, is very just, sound.
1: I just, oh my god. <sighs> like, I, I loved it for the goofiness that it was. Yeah. But, like, at the end of the day, I think just making me feel the emotions mm-hmm. that and, like, leaving such a lasting impression on me is going to rank higher which is what Rachel's David book was.
0: Yeah. I, I completely agree. That's my number one book, too, is Rachel's mm-hmm. David book, because it was, as you said, the all the emotions, the intensity. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I, I've read this series before, and still, like, I just have that moment of, like, I finished that David book, and then I was going out with friends afterwards, and I was shaking with rage. Like, oh I was God. so mad. And I'm like... A book did this to me. A book that I've read before that I know the ending <laughs> of. Like, and oh, I was no. still, like, I was physically shaking with rage. I hate yeah. him so much. Oh, um, he's the worst. He's the worst. So it's uh, Rachel's David book and then Jake's David book. Those are my mm-hmm. one and two. Yep. And then uh, Tobias's book would be my number three.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, I just really, I like Tobias in that book. He's just, yeah. he's, he's a sweet bird boy. And it's like a huge, you know, moment for the series to find out, like, that mm-hmm. he knows who his dad is now, which we've known, <laughs> but um, then the Helmicron book, I'm really? gonna rate it above this book, yeah, really? because I you kind of sold me on it because it was such a good time, like but I you just, hate the I hate I fucking hate the Helmicron so much, oh, but God. like it was like a flashback, kind of, to happier times like we had that moment mm-hmm. of like you know, oh, Animorphs can be funny and silly, and we can go back to that. And that's that's wonderful. I love uh-huh. that. Like, I don't... I love the deep, dark shit. Like, I want to... You know me. I love the darkness. Come yeah. take me. But, like, <laughs> that doesn't mean I can't appreciate, like, a really good, fun romp as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then this book, only because I have come to realize in my old age that what drives me with media is are strong characters that i can feel for and want things for and relate to and Mm -hmm. i didn't get the full depth of that in this book and that's that's what i want like i want no matter what this situation is because helmicrons are fucking stupid but i could still relate to cassie and have funny moments and have moments of like the interaction with Jake was so fucking adorable. Oh, and like, yeah. I have felt that before. Like, I know what it's like to be in that situation. And this was just kind of like, maybe it's also because it was in the Arctic. It was like, so outlandish. We couldn't find a yeah. relation point. Yeah. So yeah.
1: And I, I feel a little bit bad because I feel the same way, but I also don't want to necessarily disparage Jeffrey. I feel like I'm coming down on this harder because it's ghost written.
0: See, I, I feel that way too. Like, that's something that I'm really trying to be conscientious of as well. But like, I am here because of those character relations. Like that's what stands out to me. And he didn't nail that. And that's not necessarily his fault. Like Mm -hmm. that might not be his strength, but like he nailed the really dark stuff. He nailed like taxons. He nailed the goriness of the battle. Like, those were excellent moments in this book
1: yeah agree but
0: at the end of the day like we're reading it like we have these two-hour discussions about people that we're talking about like they're our friends that we know Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he didn't nail that and that's kind of what we do here
1: that's a good yeah that's a good assessment
0: that's the only reason, like, because I, I feel the same way. Like, you know, I don't want to come down on him just because he's a ghost writer and say, like, you can't touch Catherine. Like, I'm not trying to protect her and, like, disparage <laughs> him. Like, <Sure. laughs> you know, I there's no reason for me to. And uh, as I said, when I first read this, like, it never stuck out to me as a great book in this series. But, like, I didn't necessarily read so many f- issues with it either. Mm-hmm. Like, it's fine. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. But then you put it, like, again, we're putting this up against the David Ark and the Helmicrons and Tobias oh, finding about his real family. So, like. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. It's also not really fair. <laughs> that's true.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. Four absolutely stunning, like, meaningful books well maybe not right. the Helmicrons, but
0: <laughs> well right but it is like because of the Helmicrons like when you say the Helmicron book it elicits a strong reaction <laughs> <Some> <laughs> one way or edge. another negative, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> and like and the, the other thing is is that Tobias book was kind of related to the hork Chronicles so that almost elevates yeah. it a little too because Of how good the hork Chronicles were. Mm -hmm. And then we immediately go into this hork centric story right after. Or before, if you fucked up the timeline. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah. It's, like, it's not even really fair to put this against all the other books at this point. Yeah. And the David arc is, like, when you can sit in a group of people fucking 20 years after these books are published and say the David arc and everybody goes, Oh, that fucking David! Like... (laughs) You just can't compete. Yeah.
1: Everybody starts flipping tables.
0: It's literally like a bunch of 30-year-olds that are like, when I was 10, that motherfucker ruined my life. Like, you know? Yeah. It's not God. fair. Yeah.
1: Oh, man. Just, just.
0: Yeah. I know. I know. And I feel bad for Jeffrey, too. Like, Jeffrey, I you're great, man. You did fucking awesome work. With many things. Some things you missed on, but you know what? He also, like, coming into the series, you don't, you didn't make up the characters in your head. They're from Catherine's head. She's the one that knows them intimately. You yeah. do not. And, like, so unless you consistently wrote for these characters, and he didn't, there's multiple different ghostwriters. So it's not like, you know, he eventually got to know them or something like that. It's not really like that. Like, yeah. He came into the mix, he did a good job, and mm-hmm. it was fine. But yeah. it wasn't. You can't put this next to David and to the holocrons <laughs> and expect it to shine.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: Yay. And then we're starting the cycle anew. We are. And our next book, Um, I looked at the little excerpt in the back of this book, and I am very excited for you to find out about our baddie in this next book. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh it's gonna be a good time, and it's Jake, which we always end up really liking Jake books. (laughs) I love Jake books. Yeah. So. (sighs)
1: Yeah, I, I just feel like Jake doesn't usually have much to do
0: in everyone else's books, but in his books, I'm just like, yes, there you are. It's so much a reflection when you read his books, and he's talking about, like, I'm holding it together for the team, I'm in charge of the team, like, I have to act like the leader, and it's it does make for such a bland character in the other books. But then mm-hmm. when you get in his head, it's like, holy shit, wait.
1: <laughs> this is really good. <laughs> you are so complex and nuanced. Yeah,
0: exactly. Oh. And you just never show it, yeah. which is ma- like I wouldn't even say it's a detriment. It, you kind of want to say, "Oh, that sucks that you don't see it all the time." But that's such incredible show me, don't tell me writing. Yeah. Like it's awesome. So <gasps> I won't knock it. I'm excited. <laughs> i'm excited too and i like i packed up um the next four books i think it's four books before we get to megamorphs three i was looking at them and i'm just really excited for the the breadth of stuff that we're about to be reading like it's gonna be a wild ass ride cool awesome so any uh any final words i guess Mm, no i'm good cool all right Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, if uh, you, dear audience, dear listeners who we love so much, have (laughs) any final parting words for us or continued words for us or beginning words for us, you can email us at uh, <laughs> anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com. You can check out our website, which is animorphsynonymous.com. You can find us on Facebook, which is uh, for the main Facebook. Just search Animorphs Anonymous. Or to join our super secret, super awesome group, you can go to facebook.com slash group slash Anonymous. And we are the Andalite Bandalites. And um, there is so much cool stuff there, but I did want to call out one thing before handing it off here that um, – One of the people on there whose name I will, hopefully Casey will look up behind my back while I talk about this, (laughs) wrote a short story from a joke that we made uh, the other week, which was about Tobias collecting stamps. And they wrote this amazingly adorable and awesome short story that they asked us not to share, so we won't. But if you join the Andelite Bandalites, you might be able to go check that out. And it was adorable and awesome. And I love it. So was it Aaron? Uh, yes. Nailed oh, it! That was from job. memory! Fuck good yeah! <laughs> Dang. So, that was some There skills. we
1: go. It was adorable. I concur. It was amazing and lovely.
0: <laughs> oh, man. All right. Where else can... Uh... Oh, wait. We also have an Instagram, don't we? And it's at Animorphs Anonymous. And we also have a Twitter, which is at Animorphs Anonymous. Okay, what else? Tell me more.
1: <laughs> all right. Um, find us on all podcast services that we basically know of as a collective human group, uh, including Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, iTunes, Podcast Republic, Spotify, etc. cetera. Et cetera nice. is not a podcast service. I just said But it if weird. it
0: were, we would probably be on it. Yeah. Alright, tell me about your comic, though. Uh, I have a web comic. It's called Beside You.
1: Uh, you can find that at B-S-I-D-E-Y-O-U comic dot com. Um, I also have a Patreon, which I update weekly with uh, pages that you can read ahead if you care to sponsor me. Um, and yeah, it's
0: fun. I make it with my hands. It is fun. And I already have a favorite character, but I will tell none of you about it, and it's not Rachel this time. All right, well, should we get out of here before we freeze to death in the Arctic tundra of recording? Yes, I'm into it. All right. Well, not anymore, because
1: cause climate change.
0: It's still freezing where I am. It's fucking cold as shit. I'm jealous. No, you wouldn't be if you were in a polar vortex. (laughs) Oh, is that still happening? I'm so sorry. It's, I think, kind of over, but also the temperature is never recovering, and also global warming, we're all going to die. Yeah. And on that terrible disappointment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. All right. Bye. Bye.